the Reprobate Travel Cast. If you don't like it, you can kiss my ass. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sweet, what's going on? I got Bob Cook here with me. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Reprobate Travel Cast. I uh, meant to ask you, I don't know what reprobate means. Um, it, it's, uh, I explained this on the first episode. Hang well, on. I'll just have to tune in. <laughs> I'm on the first episode, too. That's the worst part. <laughs> uh, wait, I'll, I'll read you the definition. Uh, somebody called me a reprobate, and I named the show after the definition of, uh, well, after I read the definition, I named the show after it because I thought it was pretty hilarious. Let me see. I, I'm assuming it's not a compliment. No. Uh, this friend of mine said I was everyone's favorite reprobate. And I was like, ha, 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 wait, what's reprobate? And <laughs> <laughs> hey, whenever someone calls you a word you don't understand, you're probably not supposed to say thanks. You know? yeah. <laughs> if you have to look it up. That Degenerate, <laughs> that's a lovely word. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it's not a good sign if you have to look it up, man. <laughs> So I looked it up, and it says, Reprobate, a morally unprincipled person, one who is predestined to damnation, <laughs> or an adjective, morally unprincipled, shameless, rejected by God and without hope of salvation. That's like, that's that's a word designed for the people who are reprobates to not know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're so a drunk and asshole with no morals, you'd never know what that word meant. That's that's a word that people invented so that they could insult others without them knowing it the whole time. Yeah, I could be like, oh, everybody, this is my friend Bob. He's one hell of a reprobate. You're, like, <laughs> like, well, you're damn right I am. He flatters me. <laughs> <laughs> you're too good to me. <laughs> no fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I called it the reprobate travel cast because, like, uh, people pretty much assume I'm a reprobate a lot of times. Uh, people assume you're a douchebag. They don't know the word reprobate. Right. Right. That's you call it the douchebag travel cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or slash. Maybe you could put a reprobate in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I you mean. Know, they got the King James Version and so on. Yeah, so, I mean, like my buddy John Wilson, who's going to be on in like a week or so, mm-hmm. um, he is like a hardcore backpack travel adventurer, dude. He'll work like hard for like a year. At a job, yeah. and then he'll take that and just save, not spend any money, not have any fun, and then take a year off and just travel around Southeast Asia, Costa Rica, wherever. Oh, you told me about him. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting way to live, but when I was going through Southeast Asia, I ran into a lot of people that were doing that, mostly Europeans and Australians. They'll bust their ass for a couple of years, and then they'll just take a year off and just float around and, and see what happens. And I ran into tons of people like that. Yeah, that's that's one way to do it. I think that would be a cool way to live. I wish I would have done it more. Yeah, absolutely. So this is kind of a podcast for people that... Transients. Yeah, people that run, travel around, even maybe without I, a ton of money. I did that, like, um, I took off and lived in the Smoky Mountains for a few months when yeah. I was younger to just try that out, but... Yeah, I should have went overseas instead. The the, uh, the culture shock of just six hours away from here is amazing. You know? There's a lot of uh, a lot of racism, a lot of racial tension going on. Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen that a lot of places. Not not so much. Yeah, as... but it's mostly from the Mexicans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
So I got some news stories here I wanted to talk to you about that I thought were pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. It's all travel-related stuff, uh, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> or I could stretch it that way anyway. Uh, Great Britain built an extreme roller coaster. Sounds awesome, right? Well, so well, Roller coasters were, by definition, extreme. Yeah, well, this one is supposed to be really scary. Crazy extreme. Yeah, it's you supposed to be... Mountain Dew on it and everything. Yeah, it's supposed to be the real deal. So they, they wanted to test it, so they put crash test dummies <laughs> on the uh, roller coaster, and they... Like the band? Yeah, they put the band, the crash <laughs> test dummies. Some people would wish they would put the real crash test dummies on there. So these dummies go through the ride, and they come back, and they're like missing limbs... <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty extreme. That's real extreme. <laughs> so they wanted a second opinion. So they hired former Air Force fighter pilots to they called in to ride the ride because the crash test dummies came back with missing limbs but they can't tell you how it happened, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who's the guy that signs up for that? I'll do it! <laughs> like an Air Force, fucking British Air Force guy. Right. I have this saddle that ripped off the dummy's penis, but I need someone to try it out for me. I never liked me arm anyway! <laughs> so, they're like, I'll try it, which I think is insane. You the Japanese pilots to do it. Those bastards will just dive into things anyway. That was pretty racial. Um, Should I have said Japs? Yeah. <laughs> so the the pilot comes back and he said it was super scary, and he it felt like it was going to crash and it was frightening. But he came back in one piece, and that's the story. So, you know, Bob, a lot of people would give their right arm to ride a roller coaster <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's not exactly like a vote of confidence. Well, I sort of shit myself, and uh, you know, you destroyed the dummies. But yeah, I think it's a go. <laughs> this ride, <laughs> several of the. Several of the British uh, testees came back with missing teeth. <laughs> they were like that before they got home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is it about this ride that rots the teeth and gums? <laughs> this ride's fun. Thunk. <laughs> I'll have a go at it. <laughs> well, if you if you, if it rips your arm off, you'll never be able to brush your teeth again. <laughs> it's way too fast. I spilled my tea all over my pantaloons. <laughs> Yeah, so if you're into like extreme roller coasters, folks, head on out to Great Britain and get in line. Uh, speaking of I think the British, calling it Cedar. What's the point? <laughs> that was weak. KLM Royal Dutch and Malaysian Airlines are letting passengers check this out. Share their social media profiles and photos so you can pick your seats before the flight. So if you're on Facebook. And you see this hot chick that's on your flight, you could be like, I want to sit next to her. And then she could look at your page and say, well, I want to sit somewhere else. Right. <laughs> so basically, you've got, it's just like the bar, but now on a plane, you've got 20 guys bothering one woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's settling for the ugly chick toward the end of the flight. I don't know if I want the other passengers to know who I am and all that, you know, what about me and stuff. Well, it, it's kind of... The, the whole Facebook privacy thing, it's, it's really hard because there is a line that needs to be drawn, but on the same token, it's like, I don't want all these people to know everything about me. Now, excuse me while I post that I went to the doctor about my hemorrhoids today. You <laughs> yeah. know I mean? But I mean, it, that it is, there is the basis that that was your choice to 
So I guess if you're doing it on the plane, you are choosing to share it, you know? I mean, I don't know. It would be nice to see somebody's profile. Like, what are you into? Blowing things up. Hating Christianity. (laughs) I think we see a red flag here. (laughs) I might want to pick another flight. (laughs) What about stalkers? I mean, and privacy issues. Uh, Wouldn't that be a concern? I mean... I think those would be the people who wouldn't choose to, like, to, to share, but... But then again, I don't, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's post-flight, I guess, is what you're saying, right? Uh-huh. Like post-flight, then you just like yeah, yeah. And you've probably had that in comedy. You do a show, and then somebody likes the show, and then years down the road, they're still like contacting you via social media. Yeah, yeah. It was just like an isolated incident. Yeah, that could get pretty old. You just fly to Albuquerque to visit your grandmother, and then you've got some dude like calling you up every week. That, that's pretty crazy to consider. Remember that flight we were on? <laughs> we were real high, weren't we? The smallest peanuts I've ever seen. So they also allow you to pursue passenger social network profiles to, quote, find a potential soulmate. <laughs> it was so romantic how me and your daddy met. We were on <laughs> we were on Southwest Airlines. <laughs> he was holding my vomit bag. <laughs> that's when I knew he was a gentleman. I mean. They were playing when Harry met Sally. Else is going on? Uh, spring break travel warning. Mounting drug violence in Mexico. So all these drunk. Oh shit! When did that start? <laughs> <laughs> That's news. <laughs> but all these kids going What's to like. This, is this article from 1984? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, this, violence in the Mid I better keep my eye out for that. I was going to spring break in Jerusalem. <laughs> Actually, Jerusalem's not bad. I should have said uh, Syria. Whatever. Whatever. Syria. So there'll be drunk kids and uh, down in Mexico, like Syria is like that new that new iPhone application. <laughs> you know that's Syria. No, that's Siri. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Where should I go to today, Syria? Die! Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> this thing sucks. <laughs> what the? What should we do? Give your life to Allah. Oh. What the fuck was I talking about? I totally oh, so well, you'll have drunk kids down in Mexico, like frat boys. Dude, I want to score some blow. And they'll actually get to score some blow off a real drug cartel leader. <laughs> you know, let, let's kill the gringos for their shoes. And then you got all these dead frat boys, which I'm for. It's like, I live like near Morse Road. That's just like that at the Taco Bell by my house. There's, there's, there's like a, a small drug cartel, narcotics, weed, and burritos all in one fell swoop. Well, so that, according to that story, be careful if you're going to Mexico. I mean, yeah, but that was always sound advice. That's my point. I don't know. Like, I guess if they're saying that, that the drug... Violence is on the rise, then that really is scary because that shit's been a problem for like decades now, you know. So if somebody down there is going, "Hey, shit's getting out of control," like their their social norm has been way cranked up to twelve for a while now. So if they're like, "It's getting a little hairy down here," it's probably absolutely frightening to us. Sure. Unless you want some drugs. But I hear there are beautiful, wonderful parts of Mexico, like literally, just awesome. And the other parts kind of ruin it for the good parts because... But, like, the parts that are, like, really beautiful and awesome are, like, the borders as you're leaving. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I've never been to Mexico. I like that northbound border to Texas. It's a really great part of Mexico. Would you go to Mexico? 
I probably would. Yeah. I would too. I mean, you always hear about Cancun, so I mean, you know, they say that that's really beautiful. And then, on top of that, you know, they they say there's their beautiful women, great food, uh, the exchange rates like second to none. So I think it would be fun. I don't want to get like my head sawed off. That'd be a problem. And yeah. they say that as an American, you can be a target, you know, because they assume you have money. And even if you don't have a lot of money by American standards, the exchange rate is such that you know robbing you would be worth it. Yeah. Well. I think I'd go anyways. I'm not. I don't really think about that kind of thing. So I also don't wear condoms or seatbelts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I pretty much just do things. <laughs> That's a horrible idea. Go fuck yourself. It sounds fun. <laughs> uh, pythons and anacondas are overrunning Florida's Everglades. If you're thinking about going to Florida and bringing the kids down there, be careful because apparently here's what happens. These hillbillies buy these pet pythons and, and snakes, yeah. and then after a couple of months, they're like, I, I can't teach this thing how to roll over. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, W, it's a fucking snake, right? idiot. So, I taught mine how to sit, Bob Cook. <laughs> Check it out. Look, I taught it how to lay down. Lay down. See, it's laying down. I'm teaching it how to play dead, but so far, it's only good at teaching my friends. <laughs> Yeah, so, they've already got that like alligator so, but, crocodile thing going on down there too. Right? But here's what happens: the snakes get huge. Mm-hmm. They start eating everything. They're eating all kinds of these other species of animals, and they're start they're starting to fucking den- up the ecosystem big time. So there was one story I read where this numbskull was keeping one as a pet, and it killed his little girl. Now my first thing is, if you have a little girl in the house. May want to get rid of the 25-foot python. I mean, that's just... Yeah, it's an either-or situation. You can't have both of those things. Right. Yeah. So he kills the thing. So it's strangling the girl, little girl. He kills it with a knife. But it was too late. The girl had died. And this dumbass, uh, if if you ask me, he should be on trial because... Oh, he should definitely be on trial. It's negligence and it's endangering a child. It's too bad. I mean, he should have been paying more attention. He's probably he's probably watching blue collar comedy in the other room and didn't hear it until the last moment. <laughs> it's where most of the the good episodes of Cops are filmed in Florida, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Florida is where white trash yeah. go to die I and mean, to hide. It's a beautiful place to vacation because you're like, oh, I love the weather. A weekend, you're like, fuck these people. When do I get to go back home? <laughs> Like people with pet scorpions and shit. I never understood that. I got a pet scorpion. Check that shit out. I've never understood anyone who wanted a pet that wasn't actually capable of affection. You know what I mean? It's like, I want a pet snake and I'd like to marry a crack whore. I just want to surround myself with dangerous things that can't love me back. Right. You know what I I hope happens to people? And I'm going to ride a unicycle to work on the freeway. I, like when I'm watching a show and somebody's fucking with an alligator and the, the guy's sticking his arm in its mouth and his head in its mouth, yeah. ta-da, I'm always like, bite him. Oh, please bite him. And I laugh my ass off. That's a, um, I love it. I wrote a blog on my um, website about, uh, it was years ago, but it was about when Steve Irwin died. And it, the, uh, the headline that I read in the news was, uh, Steve Irwin dies in freak diving accident and he was uh, he was filming a documentary called the ocean's deadliest and he was hovering above a, a stingray the size of a pepsi machine <laughs> with this 12 inch barb on its tail and it was like ooh, a freak accident yeah. occurred. you know what i mean 
Bob Cook dies in a horrible bear accident when he was trying to teabag a grizzly hibernating. <laughs> like, oh, how did that happen? Bob Cook was killed recently in a freak accident during a game of Russian roulette. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> if you get hit by that stingray in your local YMCA pool, that's a freak accident. Yeah. You're filming a documentary called I Bet These Fuckers Can't Kill Me and You Die. That's your fault. So you'd never have a pet scorpion? No, not at all. You know what I hope happens to people with pet scorpions? I hope they wake up one night and, and it's just sitting there on their chest and it stings them right in the eyeball and they end up looking <laughs> like those fish in the with the huge swollen eyeballs right in their heads. That's what you get for what, having a pet scorpion. scorpions good eating? Uh, you can eat scorpions from what I understand. I don't know if they're... I hear they're nasty. They're like the lobsters of the land. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be into eating one of those. So, You got any travel plans in your future, Bob? Nothing uh, terribly exciting. I think I'm going to Bloomington, Illinois at the end of the month for some comedy, but not, nothing too uh, too amusing. I had I did have a gig coming up in, uh, where was it? It was in London, Ontario. And uh, they. Uh, I didn't realize that you now needed a passport to cross the Canadian border. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. That's insanity. I don't, I don't think you need one to cross over, but you need one to cross back. This is like how it goes, but um, I was all set to go, and I thought, oh, I'll just take the wife, and we'll make it like a little, uh, you know, run by Niagara Falls, and then I was like, holy hell, I need like, I'm going to drop like $300 in passport fees for a $500 week, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I have my passport, uh, I try to keep it? one at all times. Yeah, you can you can use my passport, Which and then I don't, if you suck on stage, you can say, I'm Craig <laughs> right. Reno. It's my press kit. I just send the passport around. I got mine. I'm ready to go somewhere. I got. I actually booked some weeks at a couple of uh, improv, uh, an improv, a funny bone, and some other random stuff. So I'm going to be traveling around. Uh, maybe I'll be coming to your town, folks, so you can be sure and avoid me. Where? Are you, where? What cities are you? I going got to? Uh, just down a south tour. You, are you doing Florida? Because we just yeah. spent a good portion of time making fun of. <laughs> yeah, I am actually going to Florida. <laughs> So, you bags of shit, white trash sons of bitches, we'll see you soon. I'll be down at the improv. Come see me. Totally unarmed. <laughs> um, Bring a scorpion, get in free. Here's another story. A couple in New York, Malverne, New York, or Malvern, M A L V E R N E. Malvern? Or is that Malverne? Whatever. This couple in New York, Malverne, New York, sat on their porch they're sitting out there right enjoying a nice lovely day when a plane flies by and drops black sludge on their heads oh i know where this is going yeah i don't so they suspect it was airline waste Mm -hmm. they're investigating now and uh somebody said that if it was blue ice which apparently is the the waste it 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 melts what is that like shit melts what are they talking about yeah it's like i I guess the, the temp up there it's uh frozen when it lets go and it starts to thaw as it falls so that's i don't know that's that's an amazing rate of thaw maybe i shouldn't talk i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about. yeah i don't know if anybody knows what the fuck Could i dropped like about. my microwave dinner out of the plane, <laughs> like, plane well they think it might have been shit martha what the hell kind of bird was that <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like, is that when you just you, that God gave you a sign, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, just tell me now, Lord, if I owe a pile of shit fell from the sky. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good sign. 
Uh, a tornado rips through Branson, Missouri. Locals say it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's my... Could, like, rearrange the trailer part. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's like a big showbiz town, but it's all, like, really shitty celebrities who fizzled out, you know, and they have shows there and theaters, and it's it's really not where you want to be. And your career, so... I think uh, Yakov Smirnov was there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I hope the tornado didn't kill Yakov Smirnov. In Soviet Russia, a tornado kills you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, there was some confusion because police said people weren't sure about the death toll because a lot of people's careers had been dead in Branson, right. Missouri for uh, years. So there was no right. telling. A tornado ripped through... Totally destroying Yakov Smirnov's routine. <laughs> <laughs> if you could move to another country, where would you go, Bob Cook? And why? Okay, and I'm talking for good. Thing. Can't come back to the USA. Um, you know, I'd like to say, like, like somewhere in the Netherlands, you know, like uh, Amsterdam's always intriguing, and I'm not, I'm not even into the drug scene so much, but I like the, uh, you know, they have... Red Light District? Yeah, Red Light District, uh, <laughs> live sex shows. They have, uh, everybody's so much more liberal. There's no there's no real drug violence or anything. That the, All the reasons that we buckle down the laws are, you know, in theory to prevent things that they could be going fucking rampant on right now that they're not choosing to do. Well, Portugal just legalized all drugs. Really? And their drug and crime rate plummeted, went way down. See, I can't. I can't go South American. Is that South American? Am I yeah, right? South America. Yeah, oh, dude, Brazil. Tanned guys with abs and speedos on the beach. I would just never fit in. You know, I would be like the job of the hunt of that tattoo. Well, I think your diet would change and your lifestyle would change down there, and you'd probably lose a lot of weight. Well, maybe I should go then. Portugal, it is. Yeah, I mean, we the, our food in, in the United States. It's it's a wonder we're not all fucking a, a thousand pounds, man. It's crazy. When I was in Asia, I lost a whole bunch of weight. But then again. It was so hot, brutally hot, that I sweat like a couple of pounds a day. Yeah, so. that's pretty crazy. Hydration's got to be a, an issue over there. Yeah, and then you got to wonder if you're buying your bottle of water. Was this shipped in from China? And then you don't know if it's clean water or what the fu- what you're drinking. But it was uh, it was a hell of a journey. We'll talk about that with uh, John Wilson when he comes in here l- later this week. That's going to be fun. Uh, favorite city in America. Favorite one so far? I like San Diego quite a bit. Yeah, I have not been. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's like, it seems like it's always um, room temperature, 70 to 80 over there. That's beautiful. Yeah. Got a great zoo. And uh, my wife was actually born in San Diego. Like oh, San I Diego, know. I don't know why they employ any weathermen. I'm not sure what that guy's job is to do is just stand in front of the same screen every week. Gonna be sunny and beautiful again. Take her easy. That's his whole gig. Yeah. More news what here. About you? Oh me, I don't know, man. I, I I like a lot of towns. Vegas was fun. L.A. had some things I liked. Uh, Tampa was cool. I I. You know what? I wasn't a fan of New York. Yeah, New um, York seems like it's pretty heavy. I yeah, it's just that's what it was. It was way too intense for me. It's not that I disliked it, but I was like, I felt like well. That was an experience. I don't feel like I would want to move there. No, I don't know if I could deal with New York. That's a tough, that's a crazy town, man. I've been there. It's amazing, but I, I don't know if I would want to. It's one of the craziest, like, shitholes you've ever been to. 
Oh, Crazy Shithole? Yeah, that's always a better story than Beautiful Place that I enjoyed. The Misery is the best. I mean, I've done gigs where the the gig was horrible, and then I'm staying in a trailer that's nasty and roachy. And I mean, I've I've been to Cambodia where like I was relieved to see lizards on the ceiling because I knew they ate the roaches. <laughs> so I was like, I'll take the lizard room. Right. I've been to some shithole places, man. A lot of, uh, not a good time to be on a cruise ship, apparently. <laughs> you know about the one where the thing overturns and, yeah. and the guy was drunk, apparently, driving the thing. He also took it off of autopilot. He, like, he, he presumably, the excuse was to get, like, a better look at a coastline, and he steered up on the coral. But, but like, it was, it was predetermined, it's predetermined route, steered clear of the coral, and for some ungodly reason he was like let's just deprogram that winger right into the reef what a dumbass and then he fled which is just like an age-old unspoken captain rule to like right down with the ship what if you were watching titanic in your room when that happened (laughs) (laughs) this this is so real (laughs) the technology now i thought the 3d was something (laughs) i was watching um Remember back when Titanic came out? It was what, like ninety-seven, eight-ish, somewhere around there. Yeah, um, I had to see it with my girlfriend, and the uh, the whole theater, like toward the end, was just a. I looked to my left and right, and it was like a, a sea of chicks glistening eyeballs. You know, right? Everyone was weeping. Uh, I went to work the next day, and I was talking to a buddy of mine who had got forced to see it with his girlfriend too, and I was like, you know, telling him, eh, it's kind of a chick flick. But it did get pretty fun for guys toward the second half of the movie when the ship went down. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And this girl, two cubicles over, goes, thanks for ruining it for me. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't kidding. I was, like, shocked. I was looking at her for a second. I was like, you didn't know the Titanic went down? And then everyone turned on her, so she just, like, went back to work and pretended she didn't I thought the ship corrected itself. Right. Thanks for spoiling the ending. <laughs> you mean everybody didn't live? Well, I'm about to talk about Schindler's List, so uh, if you want, leave the room for a second. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> the Jews get away, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, so there was another story. This cruise ship lost power recently, and a lot of people were stuck on it. I guess it was a three-day nightmare. And a woman recently vanished, quote-unquote, off of cruise ship which means she got drunk and fell over i think because those things are moving man she was probably doing that titanic pose yeah king of the world yeah king of the world yeah that's the only way that can go down when you vanish that's i don't know that's just it's over there i mean you you can always find a body in the woods on land but i mean there's no like oh we'll recover it at some point they just have to declare you dead no and those ships are moving so fast and even if they wanted to turn around and get you they couldn't do it you ever hear the story about a guy called Bison Daly? His name was Brian Williams. He played on the uh, the last three Bulls championship teams with Michael Jordan. He uh, turned down a huge contract, uh, changed his name to Bison Daly, some Native American name. Right. And he went on a uh, cruise. He went on his own boats, like the Caribbean, uh, with his twin brother, who apparently was jealous of his career. Uh, Carson brother- Daly. <laughs> and he pulls into port, missing. The brother, the brother's girlfriend, and it was like, you know, oh, they fell overboard and all this. So he was being investigated for the murder. You know, they couldn't sure. prove anything. And, uh, like, he he was using 
all the meanwhile, because they were twins, it was using, like, uh, ID and the money and just fucking spending up his brother's millions. Oh, wow. And uh, when they finally caught up to him, he, uh, you know, self-OD'd to kill himself. So it's the story's never been revealed, but kind of an interesting story that you don't hear about much for a guy who played alongside of, you know, the Michael Jordan career. Yeah, maybe the greatest basketball player to ever step on the court. Yeah, pretty I mean, maybe Wilt Chamberlain might have issue with me saying that. I mean, 100 points in one game is amazing. Yeah, that game's like, if you look at it like, subjectively though, it was was bullshit. I mean, for one, like... He was playing the Washington Generals, which I knew something was up right there. He was like two foot taller than everyone on the court. Toward the end of the game, his teammates were fouling the other team. So that they would get possession and give it back to Wilt. They yeah. wanted him to hit 100. So there, there was no flow of the game in which he scored 100. It was like, Wilt scores, they inbound, smack him in the face, <laughs> yeah. you know, get the ball back, throw it to Wilt. So, not that he wasn't a beast, but he wasn't Michael Jordan. That's all the news. Um, I need to take a break and uh, take a piss real fast. So we'll be right back, folks. Don't forget to check out my Twitter page, which is MojoCat1973. That's MojoCat1973 on Twitter. And Bob Cook's website, BoobCock.com. That's B-O-O-B-C-O-K. Now, back to the show. Still with Bob Cook, comedian. He'll be up at the Funny Bone tonight. Swinging my comedy junk toward the unsuspecting citizens. Oh, what do we got here? Brick Santorum. I, I read something really funny on Facebook. Somebody posted a, an actual headline. I thought you would enjoy this. Rick Santorum 
comes from behind in three way. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing that shit on purpose that at this the, point, are they? It's the ugliest three way of all time. <laughs> The dustiest video at the oh, Lion Den. I don't want this blo- this uh, podcast to get political, but real fast, don't, do you think they're screwing Ron Paul, or is it just me? I mean, I don't. I don't think that it doesn't seem like anyone's paying any attention to Ron Paul. The people who are extremely passionate, but you can't find any mainline news about it anywhere. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. But you turn on your Facebook, and all these people have Ron Paul. Face profile the pictures now. You you see you turn on the news. He's he's in packed houses. They're turning away eight hundred people in Vancouver, uh, Washington, uh, and then you see Santorum in front of like some TV cameras. Yeah, the, he can't, he, he draw, He's not not even drawing media, and Ron Paul's somehow losing. So it's it's, it's pretty it's, sad. It, one of the uh, side effects of social media is is that you started to see what people were interested in without the mainstream media dictating it. Um, Occupy Wall Street was one of the examples. Whether or not you were, you know, for the agenda, I just remember learning more of that on social media while, like, headlines were, like, you know, about uh, what celebrity did what. And so I actually first heard about Occupy Wall Street, and it was as though they were forced to acknowledge it. So hopefully, in the same way, they'll be forced to acknowledge Ron Paul because people are, like, continually saying, what the fuck? Why aren't we talking Well, they found a lot of voter fraud in some of these states that... uh, that Mitt Romney has supposedly been winning, uh, quote unquote. But it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, what a bunch of tools! I mean, between Santorum, Romney, and Gingrich, I mean, what a bunch of tools! Yeah, it's pretty sad uh, to have to pick between those guys and and then just ignore Ron Paul, who I think, you know, I, I I'm not really ended going to war with Iran. I, I think that Israel has nukes. If, if they want to get funny, Israel can blow them off the map in about two seconds. Right. So. It's just, it's such a uh, forced decision, too, when that's like your, you know, your candidate is like Romney, Santorum, or Gingrich. Like, would you like me to kick you in the nuts or gouge you in the eye or maybe just punch you in the teeth? Yeah, it's not a great choice. So we're it's it's a sad state of affairs. But I'd probably take punching in the teeth. Oh, here's another headline I read: uh, Mexican female presidential hopeful jumps on polls. <laughs> so, Bob, how do you feel about Mexican women jumping on polls? I, I spend a lot of money to get Mexican women on polls in my day. <laughs> yeah, so let's just climbing her. the pole to get away from the drug cartels we were reading about earlier. So here's a story I found. I thought you might find this interesting. These are the seven best uh, or the seven strangest things that TSA airport security found. People trying to smuggle. <laughs> Their dignity. Yeah, right. That's what they, that's the first thing they remove. Yeah, the TSA, I don't know, man. I don't That's a whole other story. Number one, dagger and a hairbrush. An unusual weapon was found at Virginia's tiny Lynchburg Regional Airport. A hairbrush with a dagger concealed inside the bristles. This was not an everyday knife, according to authorities, several inches long with an ice picky style blade. <laughs> I'ma comb your hair, ever. motherfucker. Right. Greasers don't cry, man. <laughs> <laughs> what the, who was on that flight? The Jets? <laughs> I'm just going to walk down the aisle to my seat. A <laughs> uh, spear gun. Number two, a, a spear gun. 
that Gordon's fisherman was getting on the flight. Yeah. This was in the Hawaii near the Caribbean. Yeah, it must have been a, a fisherman type dude. Um, a chainsaw. Now, I don't know why you're going to think that you're going to... Oh, they'll never see this. Right. I'll just throw that under a, under a towel. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will notice. Is it really like... When I think of the TSA, I always think of like pat-downs too. I don't... That, that clearly you're not shoving in your pants. Go right on through, Mr. Leatherface. <laughs> a lipstick stun gun. Now, here's my first problem with why this. Why would you want a stun lipstick? That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, why would you want a lipstick stun gun? What if you mistake it for lipstick and then you... Ah! <laughs> shock your face. I it's, thought you meant that it shot lipstick at your adversaries. <laughs> 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 to humiliate them. To demasculate to them. Give me your wallet. Man, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to make you look ridiculous. <laughs> You're going to look like a circus clown. Uh, yeah, it's a 35,000... No, a 350,000-volt stun gun. That's a killer. I don't, I don't know my voltage. Yeah, well, that'll shock your ass, brother. That's plenty. A live tear gas grenade was found on in Phoenix uh, flight. <laughs> Oh, so these are different. Yeah, I thought this was all the same person. <laughs> this per- no, no, that would be great. <laughs> Commando was getting. Oh, I forgot I had that in my pocket. You heard Matrix when he walked in and like <laughs> they made him open his jacket. There was like fifty weapons. Yeah, that's what, that would be kind of a funny sketch if it wouldn't be like you know a federal charge if you could just walk in hidden video. Here's my chainsaw, my lipstick, stun gun. <laughs> I want to declare all this. <laughs> So, yeah, but a live tear gas grenade in a pressurized cabin? I mean, that's... Why isn't this making the news? Yeah, I don't I know. I it is. You're reading it. Number six, $22,373 in cash. I don't think that's so weird. You're not There's people where that's now. like... Yeah, it, well, apparently you're not allowed to have cash now uh, from some of these new laws. But, but I mean, think about this. Like, uh, 22000 that's like what some guys tip at a titty bar in a weekend. You know? <laughs> Like, literally. That's spending money to some dudes. Not me, I wish, but... I don't understand, in, in a free country, is there is there a limit on how much cash you yeah, I, I, I Yeah, I'm not sure about the laws. I'll get back to you on a future episode on that, exactly what I mean, it is. But, like, I can get that it seems to be excessive and suspicious... But having said that, does that mean I can pursue that? Then I'm just like, that's a lot of money to be carrying. Kind of bizarre. Well, good day to you, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to look. Okay. I mean, oh. it's, it's, it's suspicious, but so would, like, having, like, you know, Pokemon cards in my pocket. They were like, well, you're a little old for that, but it's not against the law. Good day to you, sir. Uh, and number seven, 69 loaded guns. <laughs> Uh, okay, 70 in carry-ons, one resident incident that received considerable attention took place at the Dallas airport when TSA officers saw a weapon in a bag, but its owner, a 65-year-old woman, left security before they could nab it. After a lengthy search, which delayed about a dozen flights, the woman was found aboard an an, an American flight that had already pushed back from the gates and was called back. The woman's excuse was the time-honored, I forgot I had it. The woman, by the way, is an attorney. Okay, so she knew. Yeah. So she's carrying a gun. She's packing heat on the on the flight, apparently. 
Well, you know, that's probably best for everyone involved. That's the thing, is maybe we should just pass out guns. That's kind of like the whole concealed carry thing that they're doing now. It's just like, you know, maybe maybe some asshole couldn't take over the plane with a box cutter if you just had, like, four upstanding armed people on the fucking flight. Well, that's that's the theory behind uh, the, the Second Amendment. I mean, yeah. do you want to, if you're a, a burglar... Do you want to burgle a neighborhood where everybody has guns, or do you want a, a zone where... And that's the thing. It's pre- preventative intimidation. It's not that everyone would be firing. It's that I would be more intimidated to fuck around knowing that a lot of you were armed. Yeah. yeah. I, I think um, the more armed the society, the safer. We're going to have a lot of problems pushing this agenda. <laughs> yeah. I say guns for all flights. When I'm president, <laughs> we'll arm every passenger. It's like the OK Corral on a fucking United flight. Yeah, it works for the Old West, those guys. I believe the kid was, what, 20? And that's pretty much the news. Davy Jones died. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. That's that's. Looks that's like he caught the last train to Clarksville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were a major influence on the Beatles. I hear they're calling his casket a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every, well, a lot of people thought Mickey Dolan should have been the one to go, but it was Davy Jones, so there you go. Dolan that's, is the uh, Ringo of the monkeys. Yeah, I thought that was Peter Tork. I don't know. The monkeys was pretty much a band of all Ringos. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's pretty much our time. We've we've actually gone over time, but we were having fun. Bob, thanks for stopping by, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, that was uh, that was the travel uh, news, and uh, I don't really have shit else to talk about. Thanks for listening to everybody. Safe travel. Smoke weed. <laughs>